0: So Paul's trying to encourage these Christians, still a young church, he's admonishing them that there's some things that need to be true in your life. Now he gave them six major points. I'm going to make it four. I'm going to give four points. Number one, if you want to write it down on the back of your program tonight, you can put this down. He said, first of all, be watchful. Be watchful. You'll find that in verses 1 through 11 in chapter 5. Be watchful and what he's telling me is you need to be watching for the Lord Jesus Christ now I, I have I when I trusted Christ my Savior at age 14 I started looking for Jesus then and there and I was saved during the 60's and I'm telling you there was a lot of preaching those of you who were around there then in the 60's and the 70's in particular tapered off a little bit in the 80's but there was hot and heavy preaching about hell
1: and about heaven
0: And then about the second coming, some of the greatest messages I ever heard was when I was a teenager in my twenties. And and don't you remember? If you were alive then, how much preaching there was on the second coming. You don't hear messages on the second coming as much now. That's sad, and really, that's uh, that's not wise on our part because we need to get this generation ready for Christ's coming. I'm looking. I like what um, uh, the dear brother it it, it left me by as quick as it came by. Um, uh, what was the name he uh, he said he would uh, he said God wrote it and I didn't quote it he memorized so much of the Bible what was his name tell me <laughs> Jack Van Amme I like the little pen that he put out if you ever wore one I did for a long time it said perhaps today perhaps today you talk about a conversation uh, piece that you had on a of your sport coat or your jacket or whatever and it struck up a many a conversation for me to be able to witness somebody. What in the world does that mean? It means perhaps today Jesus Christ will come. He could. He could. By the way, the prophetical calendar has been filled. There's nothing else that has to occur. People say, Man, it's pretty evident we're in the last days. Yes, we are. We have no idea on the calendar how long that last day will be, but ladies and gentlemen, nothing else has to happen. I think, just like a lot of my predecessors and different people I've heard preach for years, they're thinking that what the Lord is waiting on is just that one more soul to be saved. And when that person walks out, deals at that altar, and says yes to Jesus, and he comes in, who knows, that may be when the trumpet sounds. And I'm looking forward to it. When will that be? I do not know. I just believe it will be. And that's the way we're supposed to live. And it's interesting, the contrast. You can go back and read this passage. It's beautiful. Paul gives some contrasts that take place here. He talks about light and darkness. Aren't you glad that you were a part of the light? Jesus is the light of the world, and we received him. And he brought us out of the darkness. He brought us out of the miry clay. And he talks about the lost world. And it saddens my heart. I'm not happy for anybody to die and go to hell. If hell is everything this blessed book tells us is, what a horrible eternal death. In fact, they would be blessed if it was death. permanent death and snuffed out life. It will not happen. They'll go on for eternity. And on and on and on. Why? Because they did not accept. They rejected you know, some people struggle with that, but the truth of the matter is, Jesus Christ has offered us plenty of opportunity for seeing him our own personal settings. The gospel is being presented on every corner just about America. There's no excuse in America. I feel sorry for those countries that not everyone has heard, but you know what? We're getting close. We're getting close to the word being propagated around the world. And we're getting closer to that trumpet sounding. So he gives that contrast of light and darkness. Then he gives contrast of knowledge and ignorance. Aren't you saddened that people are ignorant of the gospel? That's the reason we believe in missions. I can't go. I might go on a temporary trip. I've been with uh, Mike and Karen on a trip or two. and, And we've gone to Panama. We've gone to Brazil. What a privilege. What an honor. And then I, 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 it's amazing what you see out there and people uh, just ignorant of the Lord Jesus Christ and following a cult or a false doctrine. And it just makes you want to give more. It wants to make you go more. It wants you to sin more. And so I'm thankful that we have the knowledge. Then there's like that expectancy and surprise. Well, we're not going to be surprised. Oh, we will to a little degree. When that trumpet blows, it's going to like, Oh no. Now? You're coming now? And it'll happen. Of course, you know, we won't have time to say that. You know what the Bible says? When the rapture happens, you're here one moment, you're gone the next. It's about the speed of a what? Blinking of the eyes. How quick is that? Faster than we can even imagine. And so, uh, we are to be expecting, looking, waiting. And then he compares the soberness with drunkenness. And the truth of the matter is, concerning that, that we are, uh, we're, we're, we're very observant. It's like we're awake and we're watching, but the world is asleep and they don't even know how sad and tragic. Then number two, he says, be respectful to your leaders. That's in verses 12 and 13. He said, be respectful to your leaders. Paul was admonishing the church at Thessalonica, you guys need to listen to your pastor. You need to listen to the man that's trying to teach and preach the word of God. And that he has spent time praying and preparing and sharing what has been taught, what has been given. You know, when they received that letter, little did they know that it was going to be a part of the canon of the New Testament. And this is, that letter was the word of God. We believe the Holy Spirit Instructed the apostle Paul what to write. I think uniquely, wonderfully, we do believe this, that Paul had his own writing style. He had his own personality. And so the Holy Spirit let him write it in his words, but you say what I want you to say. You be sure to include this, Paul. You instruct them about this. You give them those admonitions and those uh commands that they need to follow. And so when that when they received that, they said, He's going to read it, then he's going to teach it, and then he's going to preach it. Listen to your pastor. What should we do about our pastor? Number one, we ought to accept him. Number two, we ought to honor him. We ought to love him, and we ought to follow him. And if he doesn't correspond and line up with the Bible, then that's a different story. Aren't you glad for the pastor God's given us in this church? I am. Brother Christian and I have worked together for 29 years. I've been here one year longer than Brother Powell, and I've known him since he was a kid. <laughs> I really have. I mean, he he was a he, he was a, he was a junior at, at Southeastern Free Baptist College, and and uh, but I watched him in those early days, and then the Lord allowed us to bring him into this ministry. Now, 29 years later, he's my pastor and uh, we've been co-laborers for all these years and right now he's my boss he's my pastor and uh, and I'm thankful and I'm proud of that and what a wonderful relationship number three be mindful be mindful of one another you'll find that in verses 14 and 15 um, that is one of those one another verses that we're to be mindful of one another I like verse 11 look at it with me wherefore comfort yourselves together See, he's telling us we need to comfort one another. And then he says, edify one another. Those are two of the 22 one another verses. I talked a lot about that. The one another verses are very important. It builds relationships. Pray one for another. uh, Prefer one another. Be kind to one another. And it just goes on and on and on. Talks about our relationships. And then I want to share the last point with you this evening. Point four. Simply this, when we find in verses 16, 17, and 18, Paul admonishes them that they should be thankful. Be thankful. You know, you don't have to wait on November to become thankful. You don't wait for Thanksgiving Day. Every day I get up and I thank the Lord for multiple multiple things. And that we are encouraged, we're challenged. He said in verse 18, in everything. Well, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some things I can't be real thankful for. I, I just, I guess we need this heat, but I don't like it. <laughs> and I, I haven't been thankful for the heat as I should be. But praise the Lord, it's not as hot here as it is in London, England. Huh? They're breaking records, aren't they, Chuck? It's just, and then there's fires in some part of the city, so it's really hot on that side of town. But he said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God, and uh, in Christ Jesus, concerning you. There's some things that's occurred in my life. There's some things that occurred in my and Peggy's life that um, have been difficult. Uh, There's been some things in my ministry that have been very hard and difficult and there had been times that I walked away and I said Lord I don't know how in the world I'm saying this but I thank you I thank you for the strength and grace that you give me to go through this I'm thankful for what I've learned and my experience so that I can relate to others that are hurting so I can help them And so we go through some things that are not easy, and yet we learn to try and find the things that are beneficial to us uh, throughout those things and those experiences. Why? So that we can be a blessing to others. It's all about relationship with one another and pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ.